morning, and welcome to Breakfast with the Peak. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my sidekick. I'm Dr. Heisenberg. Good morning, Big Nicks. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Yeah? Yeah. That's good to hear. I'm doing okay because oh. I feel like we're going to bring it today. Yeah. We're not going to get distracted talking about fucking ketchup. I we're am... not going to be too obsessed about the Oogie Loves. I'm really holding back on that, okay? Okay. Let's, uh, uh, let's let's do our show and get some good reviews for that. Okay. By not getting too much more distracted by the Yugi Loves, even though I so want to, but I can't. Yeah. I can't. Okay. I new show. New topic. Sloofy. Yeah, I do have a lot of things to say about Sloofy. Okay, and some <laughs> okay. points of contention with you over it. But new show. Okay. New topic. Okay. New role. All right. Okay, that's a 15. 15! 15. 15. What do we got for 15, Johnny? That would be Hobo with a Shotgun, submitted by Derek in... I don't remember where Derek lives. Oh, crap. That's embarrassing. Well, Derek, you're a great guy, and I don't remember where you live, but we, we said it on another episode where you submitted the topic, and you called me a man of the sea on Twitter one time, so, you know, you're, you're okay in my book. Thanks, Derek. Finally, someone... Submitted a good movie. Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah, we 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 got this topic as not a proper submission, but we put it on the list anyway. Uh yeah. It's a little little um you made a tweet. Okay. Back in October. Uh uh Johnny who tweets it at the beak, mm-hmm. uh he tweeted, Has anyone ever made a fake movie trailer on YouTube that later became a real movie? No, right? Probably no. And then Derek replied Hobo with a Shotgun was originally done for a contest for Grindhouse, now a film starring Rutger Hauer. Yes. So, Johnny put that on the topic list. Yeah. Because... I forgot that I made the original tweet. Oh, okay. And I just thought it was a topic, and I'm like, okay. Sure. I forgot I said that. Yeah, I sort of figure anything you tweet at Johnny is fair game for us to just pretend it was a topic submission. This is correct. Yeah. This is correct. I I will just put anything on that list. Yeah, in fact, anything you just say to him. That's how we ended up with the Underwear-Based Settlements episode, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. I think it was tweeted at you, but you know. Same principle. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Hobo with a Shotgun... Yeah, Which we, I like. Yeah, we, we received this topic, and uh, naturally, as we do when we receive movie-based topics, we watch the movie. It was, um... Well, it was, uh, Rodriguez had a contest at South by Southwest. Yeah, make a trailer that would fit in with Grindhouse. Right. Which was his big double feature with Tarantino, and you know the story, and how it got fucked over on DVD and whatever. You guys have probably heard of Grindhouse. Yeah. yeah. But, well, um, the point is, they made this movie, and they had they had trailers for fake movies in it. And then somebody was like, or Robert Rodriguez was like, "Hey, make a trailer, and whoever makes the best one wins the contest." And I guess they get something. Well, what he ended up getting was they made a movie. That's a pretty good get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the trailer was for something called Hobo with a Shotgun, mm-hmm. and it became a movie. Which delivers exactly what it promises. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes. This, this was a cool film. I, I yes. dug it. Normally we have to review shitty movies. Yeah. Like <laughs> The Oogie Loves. Yeah. Or Cocktail. Yeah. 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 So just getting a movie topic that was a movie that I actually enjoyed was so refreshing. I appreciate that. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for making me watch a movie I didn't hate. Now... <laughs> The first thing to be said about this movie, beyond just, you know, plot synopsis, whatever, you can look that shit up. Okay? It's about a hobo with a shotgun. Yeah. Like I said, it, it, it makes a promise and it keeps it. Okay? Yeah. It writes a check that its ass definitely can cash. Yeah. 
That's true. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the point is that while while the films featured in Grindhouse were sort of you know based on seventies exploitation films, yeah, this was based on sort of the the cheap eighties revenge street justice kind of movie. Well, that's fair. This was very much a parody of of a certain style of films from the eighties. I've seen Stallone films that are sort of like this. There are several Stallone films that are a lot like this. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it kind of reminds me of Cobra. It's not... Which is awful, It's by the way. not unlike Cobra. I feel like there's a little bit of Roadhouse in there. Yeah. You okay, know? I enjoy Roadhouse. Yeah, Don't get me I, wrong. I feel like this movie has some Roadhouse in it because... It kind of does. Okay, when you started watching this movie but had only watched the first ten minutes... Yeah. Your first guess was it takes place in some kind of dystopia where millionaires hunt and murder people? Uh, yeah. That's no, no. It's <laughs> just that in the 80s, <laughs> bad guys in movies would just stone-cold murder people for no reason and get away with it because they were bad guys in 80s movies. Yeah. yeah. And they always do it in really, really nice but a little too over-the-top suits. Yeah, in broad daylight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and if this was... Now, one of my favorite podcasts mm-hmm. is Paul Shear's uh, How Did This Get Made? Awesome podcast. And if this movie was... A real movie and not a, a tribute to exploitation films. If this had been a real 80s exploitation film, yeah. it would be tailor-made for that show. That's true. As it stands, it is a pitch-perfect reproduction of the sort of movie that that show loves. Yeah. I mean, down to these little details about 80s cinema that are so forgotten or so completely sort of debunked uh-huh. that you, you not only don't see them anymore, you don't even meet people who remember them. It's the kind of, it's like those movies where you see them and you feel like they're full of cliches and you only realize later it's because you saw a hundred movies that ripped them off decades later. Yeah. Like Top Gun. Yeah. 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 Like Top Gun was unique for its time and it only looks like atrocious garbage now. Well, because every movie is ripped. Yes. Yeah. But like, the specificity of this, like the fact that the the incident that finally pushes the hobo over the edge Mm -hmm. and convinces him to buy that shotgun. Yeah. I mean, besides, you know, the robbery. Right. The thing that that first pushes him over the edge and pushes him to, you know, change his life. Yeah, to take a stand. Is that, you know, he, uh, he's getting, you know, hassled by 80s movie punks. <laughs> it's the only thing I can describe them as. Because no real life punk ever looked like 80s movie punks. No, no. You remember that scene in Star Trek Four where Spock has to uh, Vulcan death grip the punk on the bus? Yeah. That's not where... And he's got the crazy mohawk and he's got the giant boombox on his lap. Mm-hmm. Uh, which must have taken 37 batteries. Yeah. 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 That doesn't... That, that's not real. Yeah, 80s movie punks are such a bizarre, specific creature yeah. that only ever existed in the shittiest movies of the early to mid-80s. Yeah. Like, people can yeah. cosplay as those. They're so fantastic. Yeah. Like, it's the guy with the giant green mohawk. Yeah. Okay. And they all have names like Shitstain. <laughs> okay. And they all hang out at places called, like, Club Scuzz. Yeah. And, like, no real punk ever resembled any part of this in the slightest. I know a lot of real punks. They're, they're nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> they're just people. Who like fast music. Yeah. Basically. A lot of them are really friendly. Exactly. (laughs) And they're always like super violent and always super violent to the downtrodden. 
<laughs> oh, like, and the, yeah. The harder time, the harder a time you are having, the more shit they will give you. <laughs> yeah, which is not what real punks are like at all. Yeah. Punks hate the man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, except, and that was the other thing. In the eighties movies, they're always like the hired goons of the suits. Yeah, which also makes no sense. Yeah, and like it, it clearly was just like some seventy-year-old writer or producer or something in Hollywood, you know, saw this and they were like, "Wait a minute, kids are trying to look weird instead of handsome. The whole world's gone topsy turvy." Although I will say, Hobo with the shotgun turns the, the the traditional henchman stereotype on its head a little bit. Because their henchmen are actual demons in yes. suits of armor. I had to Wikipedia that to make sure I was hearing it right. <laughs> <laughs> At a certain point in this movie, during which nothing supernatural has happened. There's only two supernatural things, but yes, go on. At a certain point in this movie, it's just, okay, call in the fucking actual demons. Yeah, it's a team of demons in full body armor called the Plague. Yeah, there's two of them, but that counts as a plague. They're like tag team wrestlers. Their names are Rip and Grinder, <laughs> and they have some kind of tentacle monster in a cage. They that, do! That never does anything. They just show it once. It never gets referenced at all. They don't feed anyone to it, nothing. Nobody even says, what's up with the tentacle monster sticking out of that door? It's just there. Yeah, it's just like, in case you didn't get that, yeah, these are actually demons, and that's not just what somebody calls them. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there's one scene where where Slick, after Slick dies... Yeah. Oh, by oh, the way... right, right. The, the two sort of villains before that... Yeah. Well, there's the big bad, who is this guy, this well, evil the, millionaire called Drake, or yes. The Drake. Yeah, but I, I didn't say this when I should have, but yeah. spoiler alert, we're going to spoil the entire film. Yeah. So it, if you want to be surprised... Stop five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> Go get your time machine and tell your past self to listen to the Oogie Loves episode again. <laughs> and then watch Hobo with the Shotgun. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but there's the Drake, who's the the main bad guy. We don't know what business he's in or what he does. He's He seems to just be... He doesn't even seem to be like a gangster or like a mob boss or something. He's not even a professional criminal. He's just an asshole who somehow has millions of dollars. He's 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 just kind of malevolent. Yeah. He's a sadist. I mean, he Yeah. Like there's one scene where he has a bunch of of already naked strippers yeah. beating a man hanging from the ceiling like a piñata. For no reason. That's yeah. just that's not part of the story. That's in the background. It's just something else he was working on. That, like like this guy has other shit going on besides stopping the hobo. Yeah, it's 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 really just a setup for a really fucked up joke. Yeah, and then he has these two sons. <laughs> yeah, who are both Billy Zabka. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's Slick and Ivan. Slick and Ivan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, who are just you know how you know how uh, like I said in. Like, 80s movie villains straight up murder people. Yeah. Even in movies where the stakes are really low, like high school movies, the high school bullies and, like, Billy Zabka and stuff are fucking trying to murder people. Oh, absolutely. That, that, that you know, fucking Cobra Kai was actually trying to kill Daniel at that tournament. Yeah. And, like, in The Goonies, the guy's riding the little girl bike, and they push him off a fucking cliff. Right. You know? Yeah. They're like that, just crank the fuck up. 
to the point where they get on a school bus with a flamethrower and burn a bunch of children alive. <laughs> yeah, these guys actually murder a ton of people. Including a busload of actual children. Yeah. Now, the, the, the yeah, eventually the school bus full of murdered children returns to take Slick to hell. <laughs> yes, it does. But <laughs> those are the only two for supernatural moments. It's not a supernatural movie otherwise. No, otherwise... Otherwise it's, it's just a murder movie. Yeah, otherwise it's like Death Wish. It's like dirty and streety and shotgunny. Yeah, it's like very few consequences other than murder. Otherwise, it's a hobo with a fucking shotgun. Yeah. And it goes down about how you'd expect. When the real primary villain gets killed... Yeah. There's... There's no supernatural element. The devil doesn't come and say, all right, you tried. Yeah, I Nothing mean, like that. He gets killed in kind of an implausible fashion, yeah. but... Only yeah. Slick gets a magic death. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even Ivan just gets shot. Ivan dies like nine times, though. Yeah. Okay, he gets stabbed. He gets, he gets burned. electrocuted, burned. Yeah. Like, Ivan, who is, who is depicted as the inferior son, mm-hmm. has some kind of regeneration power. Yeah, Ivan is hard to kill. Is it? Do you think it's an homage to Ivan the Terrible? Maybe. Because Ivan the Terrible was killed like twenty times before he finally drowned. The thing? No, that was Rasputin. Oh, you're right. Ivan the Terrible was tough to kill too, though. So. Oh, Ivan the Terrible was Dracula. No. No, that was. uh, That was Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, it was Vlad the Impaler. Right. Okay. Look, history is full (laughs) of very bad men who didn't want to die. Okay. Okay. Do you think Ivan was a reference to Rasputin, which doesn't work nearly as well? No, I think (laughs) Ivan was a reference to the Garbage Day guy from Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Okay. okay, that I have not seen. Well, the, the only scene you need to see is the garbage day scene. <laughs> where there's a guy just walking around a suburban neighborhood shooting people. Uh-huh. And he comes across a guy taking out the garbage. Uh-huh. And he says, in the most amazing voice ever put to cinema, yeah. with the most amazing facial expression ever, blah, 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 blah. He goes, garbage day? I can't do it. We're going to put in a clip of it right now. <laughs> Carpet day. That's what it sounds like. One more time. Carpet day. I can. I will never get sick of it. <laughs> well, the point is, Ivan, the guy playing Ivan and Slick. What year is that I, movie from? That movie? Yeah. Around the time this movie is pretending to be from. Okay, I wonder if Shonen Knife song Gomi Day is a is an homage to that because the, that's a song about how much fun Shonen Knife has on Garbage Day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Gomi Day? I don't, but unless a guy in a fucking Cosby sweater comes and murders them. <laughs> there's a lot of subtext in Shonen Knife songs. <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> there's songs about food and animals and space. I'm kidding. That song is literally about how much fun they have on Garbage Day. It's That's ridiculous. All it it's is. amazing. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Well, the point is, I think they're basing their performance on that. Okay. And I think the guy playing Drake Uh is basing his performance off of Joe Pesci in Moonwalker. Wow. Like the Michael Jackson extended music video slash movie Moonwalker. Oh, right. Where Joe Pesci plays like a drug dealer slash warlord with a fucking Dr. Evil super laser. That's almost plausible because, yeah, the Drake is just bugfuck. Like, there's yeah. no reason for there's no reason for why he even enjoys the things he does. Yeah, the first thing we see him do in this movie is cut his own brother's head off. 
Yeah, by putting a, a sewer grate around his neck that he has specially designed for the purpose. Yeah, it's a, like a collar exactly the shape of a sewer grate. Yeah. And then they pull off a manhole cover and drop you into the manhole so only your head is at so, street level. Yeah, so you're hanging from your neck. Yeah. And then the, he put a... a, a it looks like a crown of thorns, like a, but it's made of like razor wire. And they put it around his neck. And then they ride. It's very elaborate way to kill some guy. And it would never in a million years work. It would at least like be way messier. It oh yeah, pop off like that. it would not be a clean pop. No. But the, he's really into like really gory ways of killing people. The, the, the scene where the guy's hanging from a pinata. Oh yeah, those strippers spend like ten minutes just whacking him with a bat and like wrapping themselves in intestines. And he's giving it. He's well, he's giving his sons an inspirational speech about how to be more creatively evil. And he says, "When life's give you razor blades, make a bat full of razor blades." And he whips a bat that's got a hundred razor blades embedded in it. Yeah, whacks the pinata guy. And just cuts him in half. Yeah, and then the strippers are just cool with it. He's a, well, he's got like like blood whores. Is yeah. the only thing I can describe them. Yeah, as. no, like in the very first scene where he's cutting off the guy's head. Yeah. There's just this woman in a bikini and a fur coat, a white fur coat, uh-huh. following them around, just standing in the blood shower, just like laughing. And I'm like, oh, she's gonna be a character. No, no, that's no. her only she moment. She is a person he brings along just for that who we never the fuck see again. And these guys wear suits that I have only ever seen worn by Grace Jones in real life. Yeah, this yeah. He, that is actually the best description of that suit. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I could, better than anything I could have come up with because <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, those it suits a, are, are runway suits. They are not going out into the world suits. They're not men's suits. Yeah, and then, oh yeah, Ivan and Slick have jackets that say Ivan and Slick <laughs> oh, on yeah. the back. They've got, they've got suits that are, but they're, they look like letter jackets. <laughs> yeah. There's a, we haven't even gotten to the actual hero of the story. Yeah, who is a hobo played by Rutger Hauer. And his dream is to save up 50 bucks to buy a used lawnmower so he can start a lawn care business. Now, you guys, if you haven't seen Rutger Hauer in a while, but he's been around forever? Yeah. But, Everyone's seen Blade Runner. Yeah. He's the bad guy from Blade Runner. So he's older and bigger. Yeah, he's, but he is a grizzled motherfucker. I tell you what, though. I, I need to go back and see, like, the 500 movies he's made in between Blade Runner and this. Mm-hmm. Because he's really good. Yeah. Like, he is... His acting is fantastic no, in this movie. Yeah, it's one of those things where you make a weird movie like this. Mm-hmm. Like, in the 80s, people made weird movies like this. And every so often... A performance just managed to slip through. Yeah. But the thing is, the dialogue he's asked to read is ludicrous. Oh, he he brings he really brings it to the stupidest. He gives line. this speech, this nonsense speech about bears <laughs> oh, and how I you can't get bear. near a bear, but like if you're like maybe a mile away or something, the bear won't mind, but if you get too close, the bear will claw your face off. And it's supposed to and somehow while he's giving this speech in a woman's house that he has entered by the way. Hooker with a heart of gold. Yeah, the me. hooker with the heart of gold has invited him in yeah. so that he can sleep off a brutal beating and mangling by the by the villains. And I prefer this hooker with a heart of gold to Julia Roberts. Yes. Like, I, she hasn't been in much. She's not really famous, but yeah. I, she was good, too. The point is that this speech, if you have invited a man who you don't know into your house and he starts <laughs> giving you this speech, 
This is the you're about to be eaten speech. <laughs> yes, but in the film, this is what bonds them. Yeah, okay. Like it, it, it's it's working on that level where the writer of the theoretical '80s movie that this is, uh-huh. the imaginary writer of the sincere version of this movie, right. thought this would be a really reassuring thing for him to say to her. This is the most tender, heartwarming, sweet fatherly speech about wild animals ripping someone's face off. Yes, ever. But then he's like, why are you doing this? You should be a teacher. <laughs> he's really into that. Yeah. And then for the rest of the movie, maybe he goes crazy and thinks she's a teacher. We don't know. See, the hobo with the shotgun, he doesn't have a real name, by the way. He, he is only ever called the hobo. Yeah. He, he's he Really, he dreams of a better world. Not just for himself or for his hooker friend, but for everybody. And that's why he has to clean the scum off the streets. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly, this is a movie which, like I said, in the universe where the sincere version of this movie exists, Yeah, this is a movie that has come out, you know, relatively soon after uh, Taxi Driver and Death Wish and all those kind of 70s revenge movies. Yeah. And this is like some writer thinking, I'm going to bring this into the 80s, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to bring the cheap thrills and we're going to bring the tits and all that. Yeah. But then it just turned out insane. Yeah. <laughs> insane is the only word for it. Because, like I said, fucking tender speech about bear murder. And, like, even the little details when he's talking about his lawn care business. Oh, yeah. He's like, and I even got a slogan all picked out. <laughs> you grow it, I cut it. <laughs> Not, you grow it, I mow it. You know, the thing you would catch if you did a second draft of the script. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I love that they set up this unfinished joke and uh-huh. leave it in there. Yeah. I mean, because that's something that is sort of intrinsic to, to this micro-genre, the, the fake exploitation film. Okay. Is, you know, how silly can you get before it verges over into full-on parody? Yeah, because... How, how much can you wink at the camera before it becomes fucking, you know, scary movie? Because the sillier you get, the more earnest you have to be about it, you know? Like, for every ludicrous moment, you have to, to match it with, yeah. like, uh, an equal level of conviction in the part of the actor. Yeah, you need to bring some kind of authenticity to it. You need to say, if this movie was you know, real and made during the period we're emulating. Yeah. You need to believe that someone sincerely would have written what you're seeing now as funny. I would argue that Hubba with the Shotgun succeeds where Snakes on a Plane failed. Well, Snakes on a Plane did fail. And yeah. It, it, and I think part of the reason Snakes on a Plane failed is because it was trying to be a modern movie when it, when it wanted to be. It was an exploitation movie. It did not properly walk that line. No. It's, it's more like uh, uh, one of the big scary animal movies, you know? Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Someday, 90s nostalgia will reach such a pitch uh-huh. that, you know, just as we now have movies like this and movies like Grindhouse and Black Dynamite and stuff yeah. making fun of these genre movies of ages gone by, mm-hmm. someday we will probably in the near future have a filmmaker saying, 
oh man, what if we made a movie like Anaconda? Right. Like, of the enormously implausible mid-90s disaster-slash-big-animal movies. Well, you know, like Jaws. Yeah. I mean, really. Because, I mean, Jaws is... It's just a, a regular animal, like a predator, just really just with more initiative, right? That's yeah. what all those movies are. Like, sharks are big, powerful predators that eat people, okay? It's just that Jaws cares more than any real shark ever would. Yeah, Jaws is way more into eating people. Jaws is like, oh man, this beach is full of people. I'm just going to come back here. Hey, fish... You're getting off easy this week. Yeah, and not just people, but eventually specific people. Yeah, Jaws 4, he follows them across the ocean. Yeah. And and also, it's a different shark. Yeah. A different shark (laughs) has somehow received reports of what this family has done to other sharks and then followed them. Yeah. That is the premise of Jaws 4. And yeah, 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 I know, voodoo, shark, whatever. Right, well, Jaws 4 has some problems. Yeah, it has some problems, okay? <laughs> voodoo shark. Yeah. Whatever. But like, I, I mean, mean, the voodoo shark doesn't make it better. Yeah, but I mean, snakes on the plane is, is that kind of genre? Just yeah. already dangerous animals, like, in a slightly more precarious position? Yeah. I was hoping, at least, I didn't have a name for it at the time, because this was, that film was pre-Grindhouse. Yeah. But, in retrospect, I would love to see snakes on a plane done like Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah, just, uh, it's the 70s, maybe it's the 80s, the original Piranha has just come out. Yeah. Yeah, and we are, we are looking for the next big thing. The sea is over. We need monsters in the sky. And somebody's like, well, there's already one movie about birds and that pretty much covered it. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Snakes. Yeah. And, and someone in the 80s, I'm sure, had this conversation, and then somebody else told them, no, that's stupid, and they didn't follow through with it. Good job, idiot. You left us with the Snakes on the Plane movie we got instead of the one we deserve. Can we talk about the gearing up scene for a minute? Because this is another trope, uh, obvious cinema trope. Okay. okay. So a bunch of stuff happens. Eventually, the demon captures the hobo with a shotgun. And the hooker with a heart of gold has a almost gets killed, but then she recovers, and she gets pissed off because she's gonna save her friend because they're gonna go start a, a lawn mowing company. Yes, yeah. So she she breaks into the original thrift store with a hobo bought a shotgun, <laughs> and she does this. There's this gearing up montage, you know, where she's like messing around. It's it's it. It actually sort of reminds me of uh, Evil Dead Two or Army of Darkness. Yeah, where like Ash is is making his first his chainsaw hand. And then later his, like, uh, suit of armor hand. Yeah. And he's, like, messing around with the car and he's, like, building things. She is, like, welding and sawing. Yeah. And, yeah. You get these close-up shots of just individual elements of, like, modifying the shotgun. You can't quite see what she's doing to it, but you know it's going to be big. Yeah, and she's building something with the lawnmower. And then she's, like, strapping on, like, cool bracelets and a big coat. You think she's (laughs) going to look... She puts on slap bracelets at the end of it. Yeah, you think she's... She's going to come out looking like a superhero. She looks like garbage. She comes out looking like a hobo. Yeah. Like, her costume is, I want to look like a bum. And when they actually show what she's done to the gun, (laughs) she has duct taped an axe to it. (laughs) She has not changed the gun in any way. Despite seeing her sawing it and welding it, we point to the gun again later, and it's the same, but now it's got an axe taped to it. Well, she saws off the barrel. She makes it a sawed-off shotgun. 
She was sawing the stock, okay, the wood part. Oh, was she? I thought she got the barrel too. I'd have to watch the montage again. Yeah, but then, but then she does her does one really cool thing. Yeah, she 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 dismantles the lawnmower. Yeah, and she somehow makes herself a gasoline powered shield with blades on it. Yeah, with lawnmower blades on it. So she's got this crazy. Like fast rotating blade shield. Yeah. Okay. Which, which, like, she uses it to kill one of the armored, mind you, demons. That's one of the most inter- that, that's the most innovative thing of this movie. Is yeah. Just the construction of that shield. Like, I could see that being a gimmick for a whole character. Yeah. 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 Like, the thing is, what happens is the demon falls down out of the shot. Yeah. And then she just leans down with the the lawnmower onto mm-hmm. where he fell, and then you just see these bits of armor flying out. Yeah. And it's like, where are you aiming that to make that happen? <laughs> it doesn't. That How part... are you even cutting through the armor from that angle? But Abby, which is the name of the hooker, she, after spending most of the movie being kind of downtrodden and sidekicky, yeah. she fucking brings it. Okay. And then she gets her fingers all chopped the fuck up by the lawnmower. She gets her fingers chopped up. You'd think she'd be out of commission after that. Yeah. But Drake also, like, continues to chop off most, like, half of her arm. Yeah. But her arm bone, which I don't think that's exactly how bones are structured. I'm it's, looking at my arm. No, nah, you definitely got two of them in there. Yeah. But she's got one bone jutting out, which she decides, she goes fucking Wolverine. Yeah. All right, and stabs the fuck out of Drake with her, like... Bloody, ripped open arm bone. Yes. Effectively. Yes. Like, she get, you know that, that like, mother lifting a car off her infant, like, stress energy strength crap? Yeah. She, a hundred times that. Yeah, because she also uses it to pry open a manhole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, like, becomes fucking vengeance at the end of that. Yeah. And then at the end, everyone dies, and there's a big riot, and the bad cop gets killed. There was a bad cop. There were a lot of bad cops. There's also a bad Santa. Well, oh, God, yeah. (laughs) When, When the hobo is cleaning up the streets, it's just, like, everything that everyone was afraid of in the 80s. Yeah. In its worst form, in getting shot. Yeah, including a, a, a man dressed as Santa Claus in an old car, yeah. watching children playing on a playground and masturbating. Yes. 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 Which, fun fact, after <laughs> I... Is there a fun fact about this? Oh, on. there is. There okay. Is. I After I watched this film, I watched the original South by Southwest trailer. Okay. Every line of dialogue... And 90% of the scenes in that two-minute trailer made it into the final version of the movie. Nice. Masturbating Santa is in the original trailer. That is horrifying. It, yeah, and every line of dialogue. The, the fucking, uh, what's the big closer? Um, we're taking a ride to hell to, we're taking a train ride to hell together, you're riding shotgun? Yeah. That's in the original trailer. That was <laughs> written by the real guy. I'm pretty sure most of this was written by the real guy. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we are running out of time. Whatever. But uh, <laughs> yes, I'd like to talk also about the credits, the the theme music, and the credits. I enjoyed that song. It's okay. very upbeat '80s kind of. Yeah. yeah, it's a song called "Run with Us." It is a pure slice of Hobgoblin's gray new wave, new wave crap. It really is. It hit me on like a subconscious level. It, that's how like Banglesy it is. It hit me on an especially subconscious level. Because I knew this song. Okay. And I didn't realize I knew this song. Because I had forgotten every piece of information surrounding where I would have heard it. I'm I'm curious about this. I I heard it, and my first instinct is, is that the fucking Count Duckula song? It was not. 
Yeah, isn't the Count Dracula song something like, hey, here comes Count Dracula, yeah, he's, no, uh, he's Dracula Duck. He's yeah. frequently referenced in his song, and this did not reference him. Yeah, the, but, those those theme songs are not subtle. But uh, I knew subtle. it was some shitty cartoon that re-ran on basic cable throughout the 80s. Okay. It is from a Canadian cartoon called The Raccoons, about Burt Raccoon, <laughs> who wears a big shirt with a B on it, and it's exceptionally <laughs> unexceptional and exceptionally Canadian, this program. And it's some kind of environmental, you know, fucking protect the forest from the guy who tries to chop it down every week. I remember nothing about this show except that song, which I had also forgotten. And then I heard it at the end of this movie, and it's like, oh my god. This is something that I used to hear every week when I was four. (laughs) I am entirely unfamiliar with this Raccoons cartoon, but... So what you're saying is, this is a cartoon from the 80s... And then they play it over the... I mean, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who thought this song was appropriate for a children's program. I mean, it's not a dirty song or anything, but it's not the kind of thing that children are fucking itching for. It's, uh... Well, it's it's kind of... And I can't remember the name of the artist offhand. She was, can, uh, she was on the show. Yeah, you, yeah, you can look it up. You can YouTube it, yeah. but it was... It's basically a, come on, run with us, we're gonna go into the night kind of a... Catchier than that? Yeah, it, it that thing you just did was an embarrassment. But, yeah, uh, but without having ever seen this cartoon, yeah, I can just assume were I a jingle writer, mm-hmm. I would write a song that's like, "Hey, we're the raccoons, we're running around like a bunch of goons, having adventures and singing songs with our friends." Yeah. Like, something like that. Like, yeah. that's typically how an 80s cartoon theme song goes. Yeah, it's we're the fucking shirt tails, and we wear fucking shirts and have a car or something. I don't remember what the shirt tails were. Yeah, but the 80s, 80s cartoons don't are not brimming with subtext. Not They're at very, all. If you watch an original episode of Masters of the Universe... It's by this shit. It's just a toy commercial. Yeah. it's They call out characters by name who are not in the script, yeah. just so you'll remember to buy them. Yeah. Hey, man at arms! How are you today? I'm good, E-Man. Yeah. That's all. That's that whole show. Should we take our Grayskull personnel carrier? Yeah. And then they show, you know, how many figures it can hold. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So, so just, just imagine going off on this if, like, the theme song for She-Ra had been like a, 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 a Pat Benatar song. Sure, a Pat Benatar song. Yeah, and not the one you're familiar with. Like yeah. one of the other ones, an obscure know. one, a deep cut. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or like a or like a a, a Cindy Lauper song that's not "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." It's like Shebop or something. Yeah. Oh my god, that with Shebop would work interestingly with Shira. Yeah, yeah. That is that actually gives it some layers. It's <laughs> way more layers than any cartoon of that era has the right to have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Way more than the kids could probably handle. But the point is that this this song was put in this movie. This movie was also the the, the writer was also Canadian. Uh huh. Probably grew up hearing it. Knowing the song, you know, and he put this in the movie as sort of a fuck you, not quite a fuck you, yeah. but like sort of a, a way to just, you know, the audience will hear it and they won't know why they know it. It goes beyond a wink. It really solidifies yeah. it as a period piece. Yeah. I mean, it's not just a wink to the people who do know it. It's the people who don't remember that they know it, like me, Yeah, will hear it and they'll be like, why do I know this? Yeah. Yeah, and that is something that I actually really like because I think that goes a little deeper than just doing ha-ha, it's a reference. Sure. You know, and uh, 
just the fact that they even bothered to do that is just just kind of impresses me. It, it is makes cool. me happy. Another thing I like about this film is it's because it's a standalone thing, and this is why I hate sequels and prequels as well. Is I didn't know. I, I legitimately did not know how it was going to end. Who was going to live and who was going to die. Yeah. If anyone was going to win. Like, I, I love a movie where I have no idea what's going to happen. Where basically anyone can go at any time. Yeah. You know, that's why, that's why I can't get excited about a film like The Hobbit. But a film like Super, I'm totally in for. Yeah. You know. You wouldn't believe who dies in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, this movie, let's just say there will not... If there's a sequel, it won't be called Hobo with a Shotgun 2. Yeah. Because there's no more Hobo. Right. And we see him get the shotgun, so there's not going to be a prequel. (laughs) That's true. He didn't have a shotgun before this. Thankfully... I'm actually happy this film wasn't very popular because we're yeah. never going to have to worry about the, the Hannibal treatment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or the fucking, you know, five years too late animated series treatment. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's cool that the people who made Black Dynamite got to make a cartoon, but I like the movie better. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. The cartoon's okay, but... The movie is a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. There doesn't need to be... There doesn't need to be any more Hobo with the Shotgun stuff. Just no. leave this film alone. Yeah, because you know what? Grindhouse has other fake trailers, okay? And they made Machete into a movie. And you know what? I want to see Werewolf Women of the SS, okay? Yeah, me too. Because that's not just Ilso, She-Wolf of the SS. These are actual fucking werewolves. <laughs> werewolf Women. And Nicolas Cage, okay? <laughs> I would watch the fuck out of that movie. Yeah, because it's werewolf women and Nicolas Cage. There's no part of that that's not fucking gold. I am so on board already. It's like... And I've seen at least one Ilsa movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, what's Nicolas Cage doing in this movie? I don't know, but there's werewolf women sold. Boom. Yeah. Yes. Fucking sold. (laughs) I can't think of anything else I want to say because I'm just too happy thinking about that. And I yeah. can't podcast when I'm happy. But that's that's true. Yeah. But uh, no, honestly, go go find Hobo with a Shotgun. It's yeah. I, I actually enjoyed the movie. This may be the first time I had to watch a movie for this show that I actually liked. Yeah, it's a ridiculously brutal, trashy exploitation film, but it's on purpose, so it's okay. With some good acting. It actually, yes. Yeah. Some, some good, good acting and some really good bad acting. Yes. Like some really good deliberate bad acting. Yeah, yeah. The Drake and, and Slick and Ivan. Oh my I God. wouldn't exactly call it good acting, but no. it's, it's such a great portrayal of terrible acting. It's such a perfect mirror of how people actually portrayed villains in this kind of movie in that period. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would I would actually love to see how uh, Al Pacino uh, uh, reacts to this movie. I don't think he's seen it, but if he did yeah. I'd like to see how they cast this movie. I'd like to see the audition process. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hobo with a shotgun. Hobo it's with a shotgun. Actually, worth, pretty sweet. Worth checking out. Yeah. And until next week, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> think about it. Think about him. Just think about Nicholas Cage more when you're doing stuff. Okay. <laughs> sure. Have a good breakfast. You know what'll make breakfast good? Thinking about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Bears, rip your fucking face off, man. Rip Nicolas Cage's face off.
Like in that movie. What? Face off. <laughs> you asshole. This has been a production of the Beak Podcasting Network. Visit thebeak.org to learn more about this and other quality podcasts. Seriously, guys, so awesome.